Thank you for your giving. As you're turning in your Bibles to the book of Psalms, the second chapter, I do want to especially give thanks to Pastor Fabian for speaking the last two weeks. In fact, he was busy yesterday uh, having a teaching session with our French-speaking saints, and um, we, we are grateful for the, uh, the allies that God has formed into our saints' family in Europe. And uh, tomorrow morning, a message of the week will be offered there. And then Saints Radio will be uh, available for you tomorrow at 11.30, Dallas time. I'm sure there'll be some more enthralling tales of the journey to Brazil. So we're very grateful for the things that God has given and uh, we look forward to what is coming uh, as we continue in this walk. We are going to obviously be enjoying communion together here in a couple of minutes. And uh, as I was praying this morning about um, this time in communion, I was remembering the, uh, the uh, teaching that our brother Mark Coleman gave a number of years ago about the breaking of the bread and he reminded us of the word there, clow, which was also used to describe how Moses broke and divided the inheritance of the people of Israel as they were entering into the land. And we cannot separate this from this table of grace, that provision of us being the body of Christ and taking responsibility for what God has commissioned us to be from before the foundation of the world. And each of us have a specific set of responsibilities that God has uh, uniquely formed us to enjoy and to fulfill as we walk with him. But we, as saints, have an additional and unique calling because we have been asked to minister throughout the world and to um, release and demonstrate the things that God has given us to be as intercessors, as saints, and to sow those, uh, those great parts of the word that are truly meat for the church in these hours, that's a great measure of responsibility and an inheritance. And as I was thinking about that, Immediately, the Spirit of the Lord directed me to a remembrance of Psalm 2, 8. And we want to talk about this today. We want to add to the understandings that we've had regarding this passage some really unique thoughts that I believe the Spirit is releasing to us this morning. So Psalm 2, verse 8. Ask of me, and I shall give you the heathen, for your inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. Let's begin by remembering what this term, ask of me, is. It is that wonderful intimacy of relationship term known as Sha'al. I remember when we had the seminar entitled Ask of Me, I remember the little book that I wrote regarding that, and that should be not only sewn into our operative memories, but it should be a lifestyle for all of us. The vitality and the power of what that measure of commune with the Lord um, 
gives and grants to us is something that is still a very real me or rare measure of understanding from the word. In fact, um, during this, the last message that I was privileged to speak, the Lord directed me to talk a little bit about Sha'al to those people because I knew that they had a heart that was devoted to seeking after the heart of God. They, they truly want God's presence. They truly want him. Not for the manifestation's sake, not for the, the power state, but, but just for wanting him. And when I, when I felt the direction to talk just briefly about Sha'al, it all just kind of came very clear to me that that Sha'al reception that we've all accepted um, is really why God has been able to take us into the nations, because that's what God wants the people to know, that he loves them, that he has a place for them in relationship with him, and that through that relationship, the deeper places of his kingdom that have been reserved for them can be accessed. And only through that relationship can they be accessed. And so this morning when the Lord brought this back to me again and I started to look at it, I think it was not that it matters. I always tell you this, but I just do it anyway. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning because it was. We're still. I'm still adjusting to three hours later. So 7 o'clock is like me sleeping in. So 4 o'clock, God started to talk to me about this. And it really is fascinating. So ask of me, and I shall give you the heathen for thine inheritance, the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. Ask of me, Sha'al. But what about the, the um, particularly the uttermost? Our inheritance is really something that is ours because of our relationship with the Father. Our inheritance is because of what he has called us to be and to do for him. It, and, and our inheritance is that standing, that authority, that um, treasure that we utilize to to go forth to do what God has asked of us. So the inheritance, which is broken and divided before the foundation of the world for each of us as individuals and as, as this calling that we've all embraced, that is there. But the uttermost and the possession, that's something we haven't really focused on that much. And it's fascinating to me what these represent in the New Testament and in the Old. Here in the New Testament, uttermost is from the word that is translated as ankle. It's, it's from the word that is, that is translated as that... Um, that place of emptiness and nothingness. And as I, as I was studying about this, the, and the, the intricacies of that word, 
I remembered how God has shown us in, in earlier in the year a further understanding of what Ezekiel described of the river of God as it flowed. And from the threshold under the eastern um, threshold of the temple of the tabernacle of testimony, that water comes to the, to the souls. And that's, that's really our partnership and our vulnerability in being willing to go with the Lord. But the next part, to the ankles, uh, and we studied about that at our last two seminars, but we add to it the idea of truly emptiness and nothingness. Water to the ankles indicated that you were willing to stand on behalf of nothing. And if, if you trace the way that river flows from the temple through the heavens, the ankles part would be roughly where the throne of God is. And that's where we are standing. We've already said, yes, Lord, on behalf of your purpose for the earth, on behalf of your purpose in the temple of the tabernacle of testimony, and because we've committed ourselves as intercessors, which is really what goes on in there, both from people and the angelic. You read about it. That's what goes on in there, that the will of God would be done for God's creation. When we accept that, then we're before the throne, and we have to then say, all right, I, I'm not only agreeing with you as to what you want to do, but my hands are embracing this measure of emptiness. My, my ankles, where I'm standing, is really saying, I'll stand and go forward on the basis of, first of all, vulnerability, but emptiness. And it reminded me of how Abram walked with God and how Abram called those things that be not as though they were and how Abram walked the walk of faith where he had no, he left his family, he left his, his homeland in Ur, and he walked following God on emptiness and he's the father of all who walk in faith and that faith is at the right hand of the throne which is exactly where these ankles in the river of God would be founded so uttermost the uttermost parts of the earth the uttermost is emptiness it's you know sometimes we think uttermost to the regions beyond, I must go. I think they even sang that over at Evangel. Um, we would think that uttermost meant, wow, far out there. It's just so far away. What is the uttermost part of the earth from France? Well, it's Tahiti. That's so far. You can't get farther away from there. And really, uttermost doesn't really have much to do with distance. It has to do with being willing to believe God's promise even though it seems like nothing. Isn't that interesting? And that's the word that's used here, the uttermost parts of the earth. And we'll talk about uttermost in the New Testament in just a minute because there's a whole lot of uttermost in the New Testament and some significant passages directly referencing to this and to the concept that God is bringing before us. But what about um, the possession of the earth? 
um, to possession. Possess here is from a really fun word to pronounce in Hebrew, ahazu, and the root of that is ahaz. And um, this word was used in a number of ways. It was used to describe how Jacob, when he was born, possessed the heel of his brother Esau. Um, and, of course, then we know that that heel, um, just to extrapolate off a little bit, is what uh, the Bible says when we do warfare against the enemy, the enemy will try to bruise our heel or what we reach forth to take possession of. It, it is a word that was used uh, prolifically in Isaiah 7, another Sha'al passage, where you remember when the prophet Isaiah was meeting with a king whose name was Ahaz. And what did Isaiah say to him? We've studied about this ad infinitum. You, you could stand and teach several sessions on this. But what did Isaiah say? Ask the Lord a sign. No matter how big it is, in the heavens, in the depths of the earth, no matter what it is, you ask the Lord. And Ahaz, whose name should have meant possessing, said, I am not shawling anything. And what Isaiah then responded was, you may not shawl, but I will tell you a shawl. A virgin will conceive, and he will be born. His name will be called Emmanuel. That is our privilege, our privilege of Sha'al, to take possession, to lay claim to the things throughout the earth. The meek inherit the earth. The kingdom belongs to the humble. All of those are factored in in this business of Sha'al because you cannot meet in the intimate place with the Lord if you're going in your own strength. It's just you and your linen before God, and you know that he is everything, and that in your own strength you're nothing, but yet, as Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. So we ask of God, and he, uh, he gives the heathen for an inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for possession. Uh, the heathen is, is what God is giving us as an inheritance, the Gentiles which we are too. And we are being given these wonderful people. We're being given them to welcome them, not that we own them, but that God has given us favor with them and that we can lead them into their inheritance. And it's through the Sha'al. And then we show them the principle of Sha'al and lead them into the presence of God that they would know him. And that's, that really is, you know, this was really interesting. I'm moving, Scott. Um, that, this is really interesting because this whole business of Elijah and Elisha and how, what God said we're supposed to be. Um, you know, I, I, it was my privilege to stand up in front of these people during one of the sessions that I had and tell them, particularly the church full of Elishas, the younger ones, that we, we're not there because we want anything from them. You know, we're not there to establish our own kingdom because it, at our age, you know, we don't have anything yet to prove. Um, we just want to stand 
on behalf of seeing God's will be done in them and to sow the inheritance into them, to stand with them as David's upper tier of the mighty men that you don't hear a whole lot about, but none of them would have been in that cave without that upper tier. None of them would have been. And there's just a strength there that's communicated by what God has called us to be. And, and it, it really is an interesting thing. Um, these, these ones are our inheritance, the heathen, to welcome them into their inheritance and to see what God would do. Um, yesterday, th- that um, YouTube of Don Potter from August at a Morningstar conference, he's singing and he starts in the inimitable way that Don Potter would do, he starts talking about how that the older ones need to stand and do something that the older ones have traditionally not done in the church so that the younger ones can come alongside and do what they're supposed to do. And and I thought, well, that's very interesting. You've been talking about this for two years, and Here's our buddy Don singing this same thing. It just really blessed me to hear that. But the, the, these, these people groups are being presented with the presence of God, and they are to sha'al with him. And that leads them into their inheritance, and it leads us into the fulfillment of our inheritance in the body of Christ. But the uttermost, the uttermost, parts of the earth that is for our possession we've got to lay claim to nothingness we've got to claim in faith to something that is powerful more real than anything but in the natural is invisible it is it is laying claim to those things that are not as though they are and that's the essence of this uttermost parts of the earth for possession. I just think that's interesting. And then to think back to one of my favorite passages, especially at Christmas, the Emmanuel passage from Isaiah 7, where there you have the Sha'al, and there you have a guy who's the king, whose name is this word, to possess. And he says, I'm not having anything to do with that. And Isaiah prophetically says, well, there's one coming who's going to be born of a virgin that's going to be showing you how to meet with Elohim, the heart of God, and that will be the one that leads us into the possession of the earth. That will be the one that leads us into the deeper place and knowing the Father, knowing the heart of the Father. But that's a fulfillment here of Psalm 2, 8. Now, if the uttermost sounds familiar to you, it should because that is the words that Jesus spoke in Acts 1.8 when he gave basically the marching orders to his disciples. You know this passage. You've quoted it, all of you Pentecostal kids. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and where? Unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Wow. 
Wow. You're going to have to be willing to go in the power of that spirit as witnesses, as marturia of what Emmanuel came to do, and you're going to have to lay claim to those places around the earth where it seems like nothing. You're going to have to be willing to commit to go and make yourself vulnerable and then stand before the throne where the water is ankle deep, which basically, literally means it's empty. It's nothing. But there in that place, you know that there is a step of the Barak of the knees being as lightning and you know then that there is a water to the loins and you know then that there are trees of life there this is so interesting because what we what we recognize then regarding uttermost in the new testament is that word might surprise you again it is in the new testament eschatos, which is eschatology, which means the last, which means end things. And it also then has its root in echo, which is how God sends his word from his throne, and the echo of it resonates throughout creation and hopefully will return back to him. So the end things, the last things, are really based upon the first thing that he speaks, and it echoes through all the way to the end and will not fail to accomplish what it is sent to accomplish. That is, that is uttermost in the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, uttermost means the ankles or nothing. In the New Testament, the uttermost means that place in the river of God where you stand, where God releases his word and it goes forth and it will accomplish that which it's sent to accomplish. Even though at the first time when it's spoken at the right hand or wherever we hear it, it's, it's a possibility. It's prophetic, but will accomplish everything that God sends. That's uttermost. Now let's talk about this further. And I, I'm looking at the time. You can do these studies for yourself. That's the beauty of how we've been trained here in this house as in the houses of the saints. You can click on that word uttermost and see the prolific places through the New Testament where this word is used. And I would encourage you to do that because it opens up the meat in every one of those passages. And those are some very heady passages. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 and verse 5 speaks powerful things. We're going to read this one, but um, I'm not sure we're going to read um, the rest of the ones that we, that we reference. You'll, you'll have them there on your Olive Tree program. 1 Peter 1, verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, that is reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the eschatos. And that's translated as last time, but it is really uttermost. And then further in that same chapter, verse 20, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in the eschatos for you. How wonderful is that? You know, 
that word eschatos, uttermost, in the New Testament is used to describe the last as, as the first and the last. The first being the protos and the last being the fulfillment of something that was just an echo after it released from the throne. It was nothing, but it was everything. And it returns back to God. The, the, the vineyard, those that were laboring in the vineyard. And we remember in this hour they went out to the histemi. In this hour they went out to the histemi. And finally they brought in the rest. And at the end, Jesus paid, well, the, the master of the vineyard, the eschatos first. And he said, the, the, they're going to be paid the same as you. But the, it's the eschatos. It's the fulfillment of what really was ordained from that place. Mark 9, 35 says, If anyone desire to be first, he must be last. He must be eschatos. So if you're going to go forth to create anything proactively or, or in the first of the priority, you have to commit yourself to the eschatos. You have to commit yourself to embracing nothing so that it can be fulfilled or you won't have anything. That is just a fascinating thing to understand. Um... The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4, 9 that he reckoned that the apostles were reserved for the eschatos so that we might be a theatron in this progression to the world, to the angels, and to men. But that theatron is presented as we walk with God as he reveals that nothingness to show the eschaton, the, the fulfillment of the echo of what God's word has really said. So when we talk about eschatology or the study of the end times, we're not just talking about a, a really late in the, in the schedule of God. We're really talking about how what God said from the beginning is now being formed. When it was nothing, when it was first sent in the eyes of men, now it's being shown to be the very real word of God. And here is the answer. That's how we should encourage ourselves to interpret the end times, because it's a fulfillment of what God has said. But the theatron, all the world's a stage for us, apostolically. But it's, it's the last. The apostles have been, dis, have been reserved for last eschaton. That's, that's amazing. Um, you see in um, the study about strongholds where Luke 11 verses 26 and 27 it speaks about how that the unclean spirit, the strong man is cast out and then if he comes back and sees that the place where he has been evicted from is not functioning. He goes and gets seven worse, and they come in, and it says the eschatos of that place is worse than it was at the beginning. That's this process we've been talking about 
that has been corrupted and not utilized as God ordained. And so the eschaton of that place is, is worse than had they not gone through the process at all. That's a really interesting passage to consider, but there again, it's talking about the eschatos. Jude verse 18 says that in the eschatos, you're going to face mockers. In 1 John 2.18, it says that when you're in the eschatos, you're going to be facing the Antichrist who will oppose you. We're in those days now, aren't we? Um, if, you've, if you as a Christian have not heard or seen anything on the media where what you believe has been mocked, you're, you're really not watching the media because there's mocking everywhere. The Antichrist spirit is everywhere resisting, uh, presenting false doctrines, presenting doctrines of devils, presenting doctrines of, of men and women who are, who are just heinous in the things they say against God. It's, it's terrible, but it's because of God bringing the fulfillment of what he has said in the uttermost to a, a reality. And I love all of those passages where Jesus says in Revelation, I am the first and the eschatos. I, I am the first and the last. How many times did the Lord say that in the New Testament, and especially in, in the book of Revelation? And I think it's interesting, too, that he says it in a very triumphant way in chapter 21, right before he goes into chapter 22 to talk about the river of God, the trees of life that are for the healing of the nations, which is our inheritance. And you see that connection there again. Finally, I am the first and the last. That's the objective and the conquering. I'm the beginning and the end. That's the timing. I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's the book that God has written, the scrolls that are written in heaven, that what God has said, when you read the end of the book, it's going to be exactly what he said. These are things that Jesus is, but the first and the last. So where are we in this? Our inheritance as saints and as believers here at this table of grace as the body of Christ is to see ourselves fulfill what God created us to be, lacking nothing, and that we as saints would accept the inheritance Psalm 2.8, where we are, we are calling upon the Lord in Sha'al, and we're seeing what he is opening up for us in the nations to tell them about the things that we've seen and known and heard and tasted and felt, the powers of the world to come, but most importantly, the heart of our God, how to know him, how to call upon him. It's just so wonderful to see. And it's been prophesied over and over again in this house and in the network to see these dear ones. God's got a hold of their heart. They're calling unto him. And, and they're, they're saying, what means this? We're submitting ourselves to you. Show us. 
Show us strong people, passionate people. Show us. And then for us to take things that God has revealed from his word 15 years ago, 20 years ago, still meet today and to say, what you're doing right now is shahal. What you're doing right now is here in Psalm 2.8. It's here in Isaiah 7. It's here, and it's here, and it's here. And it speaks about the intimacy of your relationship with God. And that, from that place, He is giving you the power of the kingdom. And you're asking for things, not that you want, but in partnership with Him in supplication. See, it goes from place to place to place. Things that you've known, things that you've taught, and we're able to just freely give what we freely received. And they, in just a matter of, of, of a few hours, can receive the benefit of what it's taken you before the Father in that journey of understanding to receive over a matter of years. That's our inheritance. That's the heathen. Those are the ones that God is giving us. Why? So that they can reach the uttermost and lay claim in kingly authority to the things that God has ordained for them to possess for the kingdom's sake, to welcome the kingdom to come and his will to be done. Both Monica and Yowali referenced something that happened in Cabo Frio to Pastor Vanessa and to their worship team. And it, it blessed us to no end because after that service, I believe Monica spoke in that service, the worship team got up and they began to worship. Very great group of people, very skilled. And all of a sudden, there was something different going on. And I, I, I began to see fire on the top of the roof. Just, you could see it. And then all of a sudden, one by one, the worship team started to drop to their knees. I didn't go up there and say, hey, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, there's fire here. God just began to do it, which is what he said he would do, didn't he? One by one, they began to drop. And then I saw Pastor Vanessa. She fell. She fell on her face. And, and I looked and I saw like the stream of fire that was prophesied about fire being poured out, just being poured out on her, and that's just spilling all over that platform. Pastor Sello later said he was up there too, and he said, I thought I was dead. He said, I thought I was dead. My mama's dead. I thought I was dead. And then I saw someone that we had seen before here and in, 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 in another place, saw one of the seraphs of the Lord, one of the angels of fire, come down from the ceiling, come down from that roof, and just be elevated probably five or six feet above Vanessa, and just stood there and watched as this fire was being released. And I was sitting in the front row, looking up and watching this. And I knew that we had seen these things and experienced these things, studied these things. And I was just captivated by what God was doing for these people, these precious people. 
And I knew that over the course of days, we would have the privilege of not manufacturing something, but hearing their testimony of what they were feeling, and then we could say what we had seen and where it is in the Word and what it means for them and what they need to do next. What a wonderful privilege that is. The Gentiles for an inheritance that they can possess in their land, their crucial place in these end times, the uttermost, to embrace that hand of God that seems like nothing but will touch that continent, to the uttermost, to know that it's a fulfillment of what God has ordained from the foundation of the world. And in these days, we have the privilege of saying, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to live and to serve you in this time, this most vital of moments in the timetable of God, to be with Jesus, who is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is our inheritance. And as we come before this table of grace today, I ask that the Father will give to each of you and to us and to our saints' family who's joining with us from so many places. I ask that God would empower you in a new way for this time frame. And particularly when you take this bread, which is broken for you, eat all of it. Don't let one portion of your inheritance and your identity pass by without you saying, yes, Lord, I will ingest this. I will let this be what you've created it to be. I want the inheritance of the Lord for this house. I want the inheritance of the Lord for myself and for my family. I want it for you. I want it for all of you because this is God's calling for us. The uttermost, making disciples, teaching what God has given us, mentoring it. And one of the things that I'm so grateful for, all of these pastors are wonderful people. All of these pastors have great giftings and anointings. But this last batch, in Zion, I've never seen anybody Monica mentioned it earlier, who has a mentoring gift like that guy has. That church, with all of those young people, operates like a well-oiled machine, not out of coercion, out of love. And we need that. We need someone who, who said to me, I commit myself to take this message of the saints throughout this nation. I commit my people, I commit our tech staff, I commit everything that we are to take this message throughout this nation and throughout this continent. What a thing to say. We need that mentoring and that fire to impart it, to pattern it, to show it, to be it. But we have a job to do, and it continues here, and it continues in the houses of the saints. And whatever God has given to us from this journey, which has been referenced through those testimonies, I ask that as you come up here today, that God will impart that to you. That God will fill this house and your houses, whether it's your, your homes or your churches, your prayer groups, 
that God will impart this to you. We have a meeting this week with those precious ladies who were praying in Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and we're going to release an impartation to them. Thanks for your prayers. We're all in this together, but it is a global eschatos. It is a global in the waters of the river of God before the throne. That is our inheritance. So ask of me. See if I will not give the nations to you as your inheritance and that you'll possess the uttermost parts of the earth. This is Jesus, Acts 1.8. This is Jesus for us today. And so I'm going to ask, <clears throat> I'm getting an evangelist voice. <clears throat> I'm going to ask that you go ahead and come and let's receive these elements, the blood of Jesus, the bread of our inheritance, and find a place to seek the Lord, receive of him as Zach and Katie lead us before the throne. So let's come and receive Let's find our place of meeting with God in commune.